Hello, welcome to another NHSR podcast in the uh, new year of 2023. This will be a newscast. We have some NHSR senior fellows with us today. I do not give the episodes numbers anymore, as you all know by now, because they come out of funny order, so there's no point. But we're recording on the 16th of January, and it's me doing the edit today, so it'll be a bit choppy, uh, but any delay to it will be my fault. And of course, also the choppiness will be also my fault. Um, so we'll just very quickly introduce uh, the people that we have with us today. So Zoe, please first. Hello, I'm Zoe Turner. I'm a senior data scientist working at the strategy unit. Uh, end. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Tom, Tom S, please. Uh, yeah, I'm Tom Smith. I'm um, an Insight Manager at Nottingham University Hospitals, working mainly in family health. Excellent. And uh, Tom J. Hi, I'm Tom. I'm also from the Strategy Unit, where I'm a senior analyst. Oh, and I always forget, of course, with everyone saying the Strategy Unit, I forgot to say who I am. I'm Chris Bealey. Uh, I'm also a data scientist, and I work at the Strategy Unit. Um, Okay, so news roundup. So the big item of news, which of course was already announced at the um, NHSR conference, but Zoe and I wanted to kind of come on the newscast and kind of uh, talk about our plans and make it official, is the strategy unit is the new home of NHSR. So Zoe and I both have NHSR in our job descriptions, which we're very happy about. Uh, Speaking personally, NHSR is the absolute favourite thing I've ever been involved in in my entire career, and it's now my job, which is very exciting. So that's the big piece of news that I wanted to bring to the podcast today. We have lots of plans for the year. I've done quite a bit for NHSR over the years as part of my main job, but I clearly have more time and resources dedicated now. So among some of the things that we're planning, we're certainly planning to do more in communications, more podcasts. We're hoping to get a newsletter together, things like that, to make sure people know what's going on. Some other things we've got kind of on the deck that we're thinking about hacks we've never really done a proper hack i think we definitely should do that this year Um, and i've got a couple of ideas already which i might talk about on the next podcast uh, after i've discussed it with zoe um and also the other big thing that i keep talking about maybe thinking about promising is mentoring we haven't really got any proper programming mentoring in the nhsr and i think we should um we it's it's a lot of work i think it sounds very easy to do mentoring but actually when you start to think about you know, linking up all the mentors and mentees, it is a lot of work. So I don't want to kind of do it badly and and have it go wrong. So I want to make sure that we've got enough mentors and enough mentees and enough admin support around it to actually make it work. Um, But I think that would be a really, really important um, part of of our offer. So I don't know if you want to say anything about what you were going to get up to this year. I'm predominantly looking at the training for analysts, um, and data scientists and anybody who's really interested in learning R, but broader than R, the supporting software that we may be using like Git in GitHub. So there's quite a lot of introduction to R training that I'm sure is still required throughout the whole of the NHS and going into social services or uh, local authorities and colleagues in other organizations. We talk a lot and we probably need to promote this a bit about NHS being wider than just the NHS in NHSR and more than just R. So there's a lot of work around that that I'll be involved in and very keen to get people's views on it and encouraging and supporting people to volunteer to do that training, to sit in on training to help other people. That's how I got this job really is by doing that um, in my organization. And it made me a better coder really. So it's just a, a promotion of the benefits of teaching your colleagues R and other supporting software. So I'm sure there's going to be lots more that I'll be doing, but definitely that will be the thing that um, I'm being asked to look at quite a lot. The big news that um, was 
sort of announced at the NHSR conference as well was that the strategy unit are going to be um, hosting a conference um, which has got a kind of um, work in progress title of the National Analytics Conference, um, which is going to be a, a conference all for data analysis and data science and all, all the cool stuff that we love and enjoy. Um, that's going to be on the 11th and the 12th of July 2023 um, at the University of Birmingham. So make sure to save the dates in your calendar. It's going to be an absolutely amazing event, hopefully. Um, NHSR is definitely going to be there. I'm sure we'll have our friends in the Python community also represented and people from APA and all of the other cool and interesting organisations around health and care data stuff. Um, but yeah, I'm hoping all of all of you are going to be there so we can have a a good get together. I'm curious, Tom Smith, has it has it has has it news reached you on the grapevine? Did you hear about it at the conference already? I'm curious as to how far this news has reached. There was a teaser, wasn't there? At I can't remember if it was the beginning or the end of the NHSR conference to say that yeah, there was a I think there were the early seeds of an idea and and maybe some initial kind of early commitment, but but no, this is that was the most detail I've heard so far what Tom's just said certainly in terms of dates and location um, that's going in my diary that's great yeah so it'd be nice to get out of our sort of geek bubble and go and talk to some people who are not so geeky as us I think the emphasis is going to be slightly more on kind of strategic analysis and changing services and that action and that kind of thing rather than on the kind of methods type thing so if you are a sort of R type person and listening to this and thinking you know what could I take um that's probably a nice way for you to be thinking is like, what are you doing that's kind of contributing to the kind of strategic decision-making? You know, that's, that's clearly, um, and that's a nice split, I think, for us um, to, to emphasize that aspect of what we're doing. So you've kind of made an important um, point there that I forgot to say is that we will be opening abstracts soon. So if you've got any work that, um, you know, you think would be good for presenting at this kind of conference, keep your eyes open um if you've got any work that you're a little bit unsure about definitely try and reach out to one of us on slack i'm sure we'll um, be more than happy to hear about your idea and we can help you formulate um, abstracts and um, ideas for your talk and help you plan and prepare um, your presentations there's going to be various different lengths of talk available there so you know short talks up to long keynotes so yeah definitely keep your eyes peeled we'll be posting the details on the slack and anywhere else that we can um shout it out perhaps via a newsletter <laughs> yes you're right i forgot this is more of a meeting than a podcast isn't it of course yes we are spoke and i haven't announced this on site yet either so this is hot off the press nhsr will be offering support and mentoring to people who want to submit abstracts so you heard it here first because i haven't written it on site yet even though i was supposed to so we are going to do that uh so you'll see us around if you join the nhsr go on the website join the slack come and find us um and there will be support available because for a lot of people if it's your first time submitting abstract or your first time going to a conference or even your first time going to a big conference because this is going to be quite a large conference you might be not sure about what to say you might be a bit nervous you might not sure how to do it um and there is lots of help available from uh, i'm sure all the people on this in this room right now have done loads of talks um so we can all we're all happy to uh, kind of sort of help guide you through it that kind of links to the general mentoring thing i was saying before but this is a kind of specific offer to kind of coach people 
uh, through the actual conference process. The, 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 the abstract submission, getting an abstract submitted is a sort of bit of an arcane art really that's kind of passed down from, um, I learned in a sort of academic setting, you want to kind of say certain things in a certain way and there's a word limit and all this kind of thing. So it's all useful. I think that's a really good introduction into the question of diversity in NHSR um, because we want this to be a community that, as I said before, it's more than NHS, it's more than R, but getting diversity of talks for things like conferences or even getting people involved with webinars and workshops, blogs, it can get quite intimidating because these are technical computer programs. They seem to be very much the preserve often of white males. So that's not the case. There's a lot of people in various places that are doing great work and we want to see that but there's a bit of a danger of people feel like they need to be perfect to share it so uh, something that we have to think about a lot more in NHSR community is about the diversity one of those is also communication so we're now on Mastodon but we're actually through a server if people are familiar with this Mastodon is kind of people fled there from Twitter some people are sort of going between both NHSR community is certainly on both uh, Mastodon is more of a dispersed system for social media and we're particularly on a server called Fosterdon which is predominantly for open source software people and organizations so we're sort of tweeting in a sense they're not called tweets they're called something different toots, it's a diff- toots they're tooting there and because it's an elephant we- <laughs> oh I see never didn't realize that so we're, we're on various places for social media and for discussions and there'll be newsletters, as you said, maybe websites, Slack, and maybe all of those or none of them are appropriate to people and they might want news in a different way or communication like with this with a podcast. So we're interested in always hearing people's views on the best way of getting information to you. And the NHS is massive, isn't it? So it's just trying to find and keep it open to as many people in the NHS and beyond. So diversity is a very important feature of this year and maybe the future and clearly the future of NHSR. Yes, we don't want any manholes, do we? That's the classic thing, isn't it? And particularly in the world of tech, actually, I must say, there's lots of manholes, isn't there? And um, I'm happy to say we don't seem to have too many of those in the world of R, um, but we definitely want to keep pushing forward with that. We need feedback as well when you sort of miss that there is a panel as as Chris was saying, with manhole, it sounded like manhole to me, but um, even that, I suppose it's just like when the panel is all male and often white, and so it just becomes uh, an echo chamber of different people's view, of the same people's views, and we sometimes need reminding that that is what it looks like, because it can be very easy to see it from an experience point of view. Like you said about abstracts, I'm still quite nervous about delivering things in front of people in person that's quite terrifying because I didn't get much chance to practice that because all of my delivery of training has been when we were virtual so to stand up in front of people would be quite terrifying for me and I've done quite a lot of stuff presenting and conferences and things but we want diversity of people from all organizations and backgrounds. I think you've got some GitHub issues to talk about as well Zoe. Yeah it's me again so I've We've sort of promoted or I've, I've listed out a few things on the Slack group, which is a good way for us to communicate. It's my go to usually. But there are issues on GitHub, which a lot of them are just like uh, little tidy up bits, change a bit of, um, say, the slides on the introduction to R&R Studio slides and get an opportunity for people to have a go at 
contributing through GitHub with the support of people. We've had a couple of people do that. Um, I'm not sure if they're necessarily part of the Slack community that we have, but they've certainly been very, very helpful in doing a few changes, a few tweaks that I've listed out in the GitHubs. And we've got four particularly that we wanted to sort of raise with you. So we have some issues on the NHS plot the dots package, which is open to the public as it were, but it's also a package that was very, very popular through CRAN. It's on CRAN is the point I was thinking about. Um, and there's a particular issue. I'm not sure. Tom, do you have some more information on this one? Because you, Tom Smith, you've worked on this package. You, Tom, Both Toms have worked on this package a lot, but this particular yeah. issue? Uh, by all means, yeah. So there's a good selection of a smattering of issues to get stuck into if anyone is that way inclined. I've just clicked through. There are 14 at the moment. Um, the one that Zoe's talking about there is one relating to adding um, numbers for the control limits and the mean. So sometimes people don't want sort of a relatively um, clean graph that sometimes people actually want to know what is the mean as a number and to, to have that annotation added to the chart would be quite useful in some cases, probably as a flag so you can opt into it or opt out of it depending on your use case. So that's sitting at the moment as an issue. It'd be great to, um, when was it opened? Well, it was opened a while ago. Shall I say that date? It was opened a year ago. So um, it would be great to get these type of features implemented. Um, and if anyone is wavering about, you know, how do I even begin doing that? Am I ready to start contributing? I'd encourage those people to sort of make themselves known because it's actually not quite as complicated as you think. It basically is about getting it working on your local machine. And then from there on, there are loads of people around to help get it, get it pushed up to GitHub itself. So um, yeah, that's that one, Zoe. There were a few more. I yeah, think. yes, there are. So there's a particular new repository that we put on because uh, one of the people in the community of the Slack group had some functions that were be very useful for. She did a talk as well. She and her colleague who looked at this package or created this package did a talk at the last NHS conference, and they, she wanted to make it into a package. So we've helped sort of split it out so it's in there. But there's a lot of issues in there making it a more formalized package including documentation that's required. So there's actually, with this kind of coding thing, there's a lot of writing about what you've done, not just the code itself. And that's quite a nice thing when you're moving into packages and useful to get involved with. So the thing with the issues, just to highlight again, is it's not just code that you're expected to be able to do, but sometimes it's just changing a few texts, adding to them writing about the vignettes that you may have used that package, particularly for the NHSR, Plot the Dots, for example, you may have used that and got a nice little small bit of code that you would like to share. Again, we can help with things like dummy data if you needed that. Um, so there's that particular one, and it's called ISR Iterative Sequential Regression. In one of the, the issues, I think we even, even considered, could it use a better title because it, it came from an a bigger repository and we want to make it into a package repository. Just to throw so, in, the links will be in the chat, obviously, so don't feel you have to scribble things down. You can just go in the notes and click on the Gale links. Yes, finding things when it's just vaguely noted is quite tricky. And there's lots and lots of things in issues for statement on tools and Git training. There's there's quite a lot of issues on many of the repositories that we've got, um, some of them bigger than some of them small. And one of the things that I've even got for me to do as a task is to add on labels to identify those where help is. Mostly we do need help for all of them. In fact, help is always very gratefully received, but sometimes just differentiating the really 
like first start kind of changes that you can make as opposed to maybe some more technical ones. But anybody's help on those is greatly appreciated. Yeah, it'll really develop you as a as a as a as a data scientist and particularly as an open source data scientist. It will help us and it will also look good on your CV. It means you can show people stuff in the open. Often NHS analysts don't have a lot of stuff they can show. I interview people and they can't show me anything they've ever done in their lives because it's all secret. Um, so this is a really good way of of kind of, you know, getting yourself out there. And documentation is really important. All the, you know, all the data science recruiters who are thinking ahead of recruiting people who write good documentation. Right, Tom, you that's were going to talk about... Oh, sorry, go on. No, I was just going to say, that's a good point about documentation because you've obviously got the notes about how to use a package, but actually, now that I've got a couple of packages out in the wild, it's amazing how quickly it goes out of date. And because you're sort of slowly creeping forwards with progress, you don't necessarily realise that the documentation you're leaving people, first users, is you know for a version that existed three months ago and actually won't quite work anymore. So it's really useful for, from that point of view, fresh eyes, um, and contributions to documentation from that point of view. It's very rarely deliberate that the documentation doesn't match the, the package use. Yeah, fresh blood, that's what you need. And don't forget as well, don't forget that you can add issues yourself. So even if you just use a package, you're not really sure about how it's been developed or how to make it better. If you've used something, it didn't work and the documentation doesn't match up, as you say, time goes on and things get out of date, you can add issues that is contributing. So please do get involved. Tell us when things aren't working well. One other thought on documentation is developers will love you if you contribute good quality documentation. And I find myself, I'll write a bunch of codes and I'm sitting too too close to the, the end goal. And I find it very hard to write documentation because it's often like, well, this function does this thing because that's what I said it does. Um, I don't have a good way of explaining the thing. And someone else will come in and write it in beautiful English because they've got to go away and try and understand what's happening. Um, so it's it's not only a great way of getting started if you, you know, you're not feeling as confident writing code yet. Um, it, it, it's, you know, it's one of the most valuable things that you can contribute to. So, Tom, you were going to talk about NHSR plot the versioning. Yeah, this um, yeah, that's that's right. So yeah, this came from um, it's linked actually, isn't it, to the issues? So the NHSR plot the dots package um, link in the description below, etc., um, is in pretty heavy use now in NHS. Uh, sorry, in um, Nottingham, and I'm sure in in several other places, um, and it has moved forward. So there are there are two versions of the package now in the wild there is a version uploaded to cran which i would encourage people generally speaking to use that version unless you've got a good reason not to um, but there is also a version that's crept ahead of that on github um, which is the development version and i recently hit an issue where i needed something that was in the development version but um, i couldn't use it because of a couple of other bits and pieces um, around it and that led me to semantic versioning now at the time i didn't know what that what that i didn't know semantic versioning it was the first time i'd heard that described so i thought we could probably have a bit of chat here because there are probably lots of other people who never heard of semantic versioning so my understanding of semantic versioning is you have a series of version numbers so plot the dots at the moment is version 0.1.0 um, and each of those numbers has a specific meaning um, i'm going to 
try and see if I can remember what they are, and then someone who knows more about this can jump in. But oh, it's so, like a quiz. Go on, Tom. See if you can get it right <laughs> first time. Go on. May May. So, so yeah, exactly. So version um in plot the dots world version naught. It's not there is no major release. We've never released a major release. We've kind of crept it out into the wild. Um, so it's naught point one, and the the one is a minor release. So we've sort of nudged it out there to, to see if it's useful to people and it is useful to people and then the third digit so it's 0.1.0 is i think like a bug fix number patch. or something patch patch okay patch. Called, it? yeah um and it's this number that i don't think we're using yet um and i'd really like to start using it on the github issues because it would give from my point of view it would it would give me the ability to point our work towards the, the github um code fairly safe in the knowledge that uh, that there's not going to be an accidental breaking change to some of our production work so that would give me the ability to use some of the more cutting edge stuff that isn't on cran yet um, without exposing us to sort of accidental breaking changes did i get those about right tom about right yeah so the the, the kind of lie in all of it is that version zero for the major is um it, it very often most products end up staying at version zero um or you can look at something like the Linux kernel. Um, the Linux kernel is on something like version five now. Um, but I think Linux is basically decides that when the um, the minor version gets too big, well, that's time to, to bump the major version. Um, in comparison to Python, where um, if anybody has followed Python for any amount of time, they'll know that Python 2 and Python 3 have this fraught time where um, the transition was not easy things that ran in Python 2 didn't run in Python 3. Um, so Guido has kind of said that there'll possibly never be a version 4. Um, it's going to be version 3 for life almost. So sometimes the major version isn't as important depending on the, the project. Well, I was um, going to say, yeah, I mean, that's a really good illustration of what the major version means to me. So the major version, mean, the, the, that's the first number, means this will break your code. And yeah. Python is definitely the best example of that. So the handbrake turn between version two and version three of Python, and it was particularly bad in the world of Linux, because as all the Linux people listening will know, version two of Python will come pre-installed on most Linux boxes. And then you're trying to run Python three, and then you lose your, your environment, and you end up running a Python version of Python that you don't know you're running, and you end up in a quite... There's obviously an XKCD about this. I will try and put it in the show notes, because isn't there always? Um, yeah, we're absolutely really hot on this in our team aren't we zoe we've 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 got really obsessed with it at one point and zoe will increment the minor version number for the most tr just to be totally accurate she'll say no i've added a little tiny thing here so i want to increment the you know the, the minor version yeah my internal package um to the organization which we couldn't share at that point but hoping to share some of the concepts at some point um it was getting quite it was into the double figures quite quickly in the minor and incidentally, I use, use this package to just set it because it updates things like your description file and your um, news file. And I used my news file a lot because I lost track of what I was changing because in one of these incremental changes or patches even, you might have several different things. And it's really, again, documentation is so hard. You think you'll recall all this and you don't. So I was well into 20s. I think I've got version 20 now. And I went through the patches quite quickly because they were like absolute bugs they needed instant changes because a colleague was um, 
being affected greatly by the the things not working but uh, you can see them rapidly changing but some of these minor ones could be a couple of things in there a couple of issues as you say or you could go for single issues but you'll you'll rapidly get through your numbers to like 0.1069 or something like I don't know you could get through lots of them I don't think we ever got to one version one as a major I think because it wasn't really it was stable but then I kept tinkering around with it in the background and would break it. So that's that's another thing with your, your uh, package. Well, dplyr was in version zero, wasn't it, for a really, really, really long time. I mean, zero point, I think, it's the same with, I think the same with what happened with Shiny. It basically means use at your own risk. It basically means I might just completely break this overnight if I feel like it. And if I do, you can't complain about it. Um, and yeah, dplyr is one point. That was quite recent, wasn't it? It's one point something now, 1.1 or something, I think. Yeah, it did. It was quite recent, wasn't it? Yeah, a couple of months ago, maybe even a month ago. Yeah. I feel like I'm never going to write a 1.0. I feel when I write a 1.0, I can retire because that's like the pinnacle of my achievements. But we'll see. (laughs) Going off on a slight tangent, that's why some people have stopped using semantic versioning and have moved to calendar versioning. So um, Posit, or as they were at the time of our studio, have now switched most of their products, if not all of them, to calendar versioning. And with that, that's basically, um, this is the October 2022 release. This is the January 2023 release. So the, the version number then will be something like 2022.10. Um, so that's where you might sometimes see that. Um, or you've got people like Chrome, um, Google Chrome and Mozilla Firefox, where they just went for a version number. So they started off with like version 1. 1.1, 1.2, 1.3, and then all of a sudden it went to like version 80, 85, 90 overnight because they just incremented the version number. Um, and there was some time. weird thing, wasn't there, where when they got to 100, it was going to break some people's code because they were only reading two digits of the browser version. They never think ahead, these programmers, do they? <laughs> anyway, um, they're all going to move jobs, aren't they, by 10 years? That's why. Right, Tom, you were going to talk about patient counter as well. Yeah, no, this is just a really quick shout out for John McIntosh's um, repository. So uh, I've got it up here. So John McIntosh forward slash patient counter, which I had reason to use in anger at work um, just before Christmas. And it was just mind blowingly simple to get done what I needed to do. Um, so um, yeah, just a shout out. I had a look at the source code, actually. It's only 250 lines of code, but the amount of work it saved me was absolutely huge. So if you ever have a need to do kind of bed occupancy work or count people, uh, mostly that's probably what people are going to be doing, um, definitely check that out because um, I did it um, almost accidentally um, saved myself a huge amount of time there. So just sign- signposting people to that. Thank you, John. I mean, John's got a load of interesting packages. Um, he's got his SPC charts and his run chart packages. Um, if you're interested in learning anything about the um, data.table package, so the, the kind of one of the alternatives to dplyr syntax, um, you're probably as, as good as anything looking at John's code because he writes a lot of it with data table. Um, so yeah, good shout out to some really interesting work in the NHS, in Scotland anyway. And I just want to add on the patient counter repository, I needed to use his package, but I was using it in a slightly different context. So he was using it particularly by last hour, last week, and I was needing it by year, so a bigger time interval, because I was looking for smoking prevalence over a whole year. 
And I did that contribution thing where I set in a, I put in an issue saying, is this possible to do? Because I didn't really understand the code in the background. And he said, well, I'll have a look in it. And I think we're still having a conversation in that issue. So that's really interesting. And I, I think it's nice as well, because if you own a repository and somebody leaves a message like, like, like will it do this? Can I do that? It feels really nice. It, you might feel when you do those messages that you're bothering somebody, but actually just turning it around, it actually feels really nice that somebody's looking at this. And it is quite a popular package, actually. So um, I, I hope that we can add that bit where I was needing the time intervals to be a little bit bigger than what accidents and emergency tend to look at. And John has got, of course, have got the uh, amazing rock themes package, which has got the uh, out of the color palettes from lots of. Um, I don't know what they all are. It's, I was going to say metal, but it's not just metal, is it? I think some of it's rock. So I submit it's a Slayer one. Uh, I can't remember what they all are now. What's there, was the no there was no oh, doubt. Oh yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's arguably rock. Well, it's kind of and yeah, kind of a new wave punk or something. I don't know. Anyway, um, someone submitted Taylor Swift um, color theme though. <laughs> Well, isn't there a pop themes one? Isn't that didn't he steal the idea? I think from pop from pop themes or something. I think that's somewhere else. I'll yeah. dig all this stuff out and you can put it in the show notes and you can all draw graphs like Taylor Swift's albums. Um, okay, cool. Well, we've got more to talk about actually, but we're running out of time, so we're going to leave it there. This is partly why I want to do these more regularly. We're going to try and do it uh, because we've always got too much to talk about. Uh, once we got through all the news and a bit of chit chat, then then we've run out of time. Um, so I think I'll leave it there. So I'll thank the, uh, my co-hosts very much for their contributions. Um, it'll be some mix of the all four of us of the, this year. I don't know exactly how. Um, if you would like to get involved in the podcast, then you can send an email uh, to nhs, nhs.rcommunity at nhs.net, or you can come and find us in the podcast channel on Slack. If you have any questions or comments about the podcast, I'd love to hear them uh, in the same places. I've never had a, an email about that. I've spoken to people. I've only had complimentary things said to my face. Um, but if there's something bad about the podcast, I'd very much like to hear it. Um, so you can send it on anonymously, if you like, to the uh, to the email address. That would be useful. Um, I'm going to thank myself for doing editing. After having thanked Tom for how many years I've been doing this, I'm going to thank myself. I'm sure I'm going to do it very well. Thank you for editing then. <laughs> <laughs> thanks tom um i'm sure it'll be worse than tom's and i'll thank him more next time he actually does do the editing but i'm gonna have a go how hard can it be um and yeah so hopefully we'll see you again in february and yes look out for the abstract submissions for the national conference and we'll leave it there thanks very much <laughs>